Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Great to be in his house. You know, things can be rough, but they can always be rougher. Things can be bad, but they can always get worse. So where we're at, just remember, it can, I'm just thankful that things are what they are. Thankful for the Lord watching out for us. So uh, last week we talked about uh, the reward of when. Anybody remember it? An expectation of things that we do that God expects us to do. And when we do those things, he said, the Father will reward us openly. Three different things that he mentioned. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We read some of this last week, but we're going to, for the next three Sundays, we'll break down each individual win and see what the Bible says about those things so that we can understand a little better what God wants us to do. Matthew 6, 1 through 4, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, or when you give, let not your left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And then, of course, verse 5, when you pray, and then verse 16, when you fast. So there are the three wins that we were talking about, but we're going to talk today about when you give. When you give. Let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for supplying all of our needs according to your riches and glory. Thank you, Lord, for giving us benefits every day. Lord, for always watching out for us, making sure our needs are met. Today, Lord, help us to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Let us hear, God, what you would want us to do in our walk with you. And Lord, we're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Now give him one more hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, Jesus. Thank you for your word. You can be seated and God bless you abundantly. So we talked about the three wins and now when you give. Uh, the principle that we were applying also to this was not just um, the reward that is given from each one of the wins, but when these three acts of faith are actually uh, woven together in our life, we see the principle of Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, that a threefold cord is not easily broken. And we, of course, just for a visual, we showed this. The first time I taught this, I had these as three individual cords, and I had uh, we talked about each one and we would weave them together with each lesson. We would 
show that each cord lends strength to the other. It, it, uh, it doesn't detract from it. It adds strength to it. When The more you add to it, the more it is. Of course, in God's Word, there are more than three principles that we live by. But right here, Jesus mentioned three specifically. And I think that they are some of the more basic things that, that the Lord expects of us. And just because they're the foundational basic things doesn't mean as we grow, we forget about them. You know, we think, well, I've got great faith now. I, maybe I don't need to pray as much. I've got great faith now. I don't need to fast as much. I, I have perfect attendance in church for four years. I really don't need to, uh, you know. So we, we never get away from the, the principles of God's word, the things that he wants us to do. And we realize that uh, these things bound together if a threefold cord is not easily broken, a life that is woven with these three principles uh, will not be easily knocked down. You're not going to be uh, easily discouraged in your walk because each time you do these things, you know that God will do His part. You'll never do what the Word says and God not do what He said. And He said, when you do these things, I will reward you openly. It's not going to be a secret to you or to anybody else. People will see the favor of the Lord on your life. And so um, in Mark 4 and 20, uh, the Lord said this, talking about the Word of God. And since these three principles are found in the Word, they're part of the Word, they're part of what we read, they're part of what we preach, uh, should be part of what we meditate on. The Scripture says that we're blessed when our delight is in the law of the Lord and in that law, we meditate day and night. So we don't just read over it and pass by it. Uh, it's not just, um, you know, some kind of easy reading that uh, just to kill some time. But we think about why does God want me to do these things? What is about it? It's the Word of God. And Jesus taught a parable and said that the seed from the sower is the Word of God. And so if we took this Word, it says, these are they which are sown on good ground. When it finds good ground, when our heart's ready to receive it, uh, such as hear the word and receive it. That means you, you hear it preached, you read it, you understand it's there, and then you receive it. You bring it into your life. This, is going to, this principle is going to become a part of my walk, that it will bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100 Three different uh, blessings. It just keeps increasing uh, as it goes. And, and I thought about why just these three uh, numbers, and maybe it uh, just ties right in with these three principles, and maybe it ties into that threefold cord that the strength just increases as we add one to it. So, you know, if, if, if you pray, but you don't fast or you don't give, you can still pray. The principles of prayer will still apply. If you give but you don't pray, well, you still can't outgive the Lord. If you really give from your heart, you give, uh, you know, you'll, God's going to bless you. God will stick to his word, but he's expecting more than just us. This is not like a multiple choice. A, uh, this is not like your insurance plan where you're picking, you know, I want plan A, B, or C. This is, God wants us to keep his commandments, all of his commandments. And so uh, we can be blessed 30-fold or we can be blessed 60-fold, or we can be blessed 100-fold. I personally would like to make 100. I'd like to have 100% 
of what God's going to give to me. I want that. So he said, some bring forth fruit. Now, in John 15 and 2, Jesus said this. Uh, so why, why did he say they bring forth fruit? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So he's saying there are some that can believe, can believe the scripture, can believe that I came to save them, believe that I can wash them clean, I can, I, I can fill them with the spirit. There are many people that will obey scripture as far as Acts 2.38 is concerned and uh, they will definitely reap the benefits of it because it will wash their sins away and they, they have that spirit in them. There's new life there. But there is a life to live after Acts 2.38. And so we're not just saved and then we do our own thing. We, we are saved and now God has a life he wants us to live. So he said, every branch in me, well, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. So he's talking about, he said, any new creature in me that does not bear fruit, I have to take away. Because I didn't call you to just obey one scripture and then do what you want to do. I, I'm calling you to a life that is beneficial for you. So he said, don't just be, uh, you know, hey, I believed and now I'm not going to do anything else. I'm just here for the singing. I'm just here. I'm just here for the fellowship. I'm just here for the food or whatever. I'm here because God has called me to, to the kingdom. And so he said, I'll take them away. But every branch that does bear fruit, I will purge it so it can bring forth more fruit. And then in verse 8, he said, And in this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so shall you be my disciples. So uh, when we pray, when we fast, when we give, when we give is the one that people really don't like to talk about. It's the strand that is, is really, it, it, it ties into more carnal things, more worldly things because it's tangible. It's talking about the, the things we have and giving things away. And, and, uh, but even though it's not always about money, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but nobody likes to talk about this cord because, hey, stay away from my pocketbook. Stay away from my wallet. Stay away from my bank account. You know, uh, we don't want uh, we if we get overcharged at a store. Hey, hey, hey! You charge me too much. I, you know, we're we're protective. We know we need money to live. It takes money to live in this world, and it's more expensive to live now than it's ever been. So, uh, giving has not become one of the more popular messages to preach about. I don't just preach on it. Uh, uh, maybe once, maybe twice a year, because I, I feel like. If we are doing what we're supposed to do, you don't have to preach on it all the time. You just don't have to because people will understand. He listed, I think, giving first because the rest of them follow in giving. You have to give yourself to prayer and you have to give yourself to fasting. It's not uh, just something you take up lightly. So uh, giving was listed at first because if you are a giver, these other things will follow naturally or they should when you are a giver you will never be more like God than when you are a giver again that's not just money it's, it's other things but most preachers especially pastors do not like to preach about money they don't like to talk about it and because you get this fear that you'll be lumped in with all these guys that are on tv if you'll send me fifty dollars you'll get a miracle and that's that's not the way uh, it works it's not uh uh, the money is not to the preacher. The money is to the Lord. 
but because uh, so many churches and preachers and things have been tied up in scandals with money, you see these these guys on TV that preach, and they're they, you know they're buying six million dollar planes to fly around the world. They're taking all their people on vacations and just blowing money left and right. And you got people in their congregation that can't pay their electric bills. And so uh, I don't want to be an abuser of of money. I want to be a good steward of it. The scripture teaches us that we should. So, uh, but giving is part of living and it's part of living for God. It's part of living by faith because every scripture that you obey, you obey it by faith. There is a, a faith element tied to giving. He said, when you give, your father shall reward you. You have to believe that God will do that. Any scripture on giving is no different than a scripture on healing. You have to believe it by faith. You have to have faith in the scripture. It's no different than your scripture on salvation. If you don't believe what the scripture says about salvation, it don't profit you anything. And if you don't believe what the scripture says about giving, it just doesn't profit you because uh, we have to have faith in the word of God. But giving needs no more apology than any other scripture, than praying. In the Bible, there are 1,539 passages that refer to giving. Over 1,500. Praying, 523. And that doesn't mean that giving is more important than prayer, but it is important. And you know, sometimes scriptures like that, uh, there's things, when somebody is telling you something over and over, it's because the thing, it's the thing you don't want to do. It's the thing that's easy to forget. It's the thing that's easy to just bypass. And so I have to make sure you're getting this because everybody knows, hey, you got to uh, pray. And yeah, you got to pray because I got to talk to the Lord. But giving is something that God wants us to do when you give. He expects that. So it's important. And it holds for us as believers a reward when it's done properly. You can't just, you know, sometimes I wonder when we're counting the offering, I wonder if people are mad when they're giving. Because people will tear a dollar bill up. I mean, just, I'm, I'm having to, I, mean, I have to iron money. So like we can put it in an envelope. It's like, where was this dollar at? I'm sure it wasn't in your wallet like that, but it's like, I don't know. That won't get you much of a reward. <laughs> Listen, giving is not always money, though. So let's just let's talk about that for a minute because I don't want you to think I'm here. Uh, I'm not fixing to take an offering after this lesson, so don't worry about that. <laughs> giving is not always money or possessions. It is include those things, but we give thanks. We give praise. We give honor and glory. We give our time, we give our love, we give our compassions, we give our mercy, we give ourselves. These, these are things that we give to God. And so, and those things are very important that we do those things. And when we give, you know, we love the scripture says, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It doesn't mean that you're going to grow in size and turn green. It's not, it's not a Hulk feature. It's not a superhero kind of thing. This is, it is the, the dunamis, the power in the Greek, the dunamis of God. It's the, it's the inerrant ability. It's the characteristics. You're going to get things that are like God 
now in you, the Spirit of God. You can't have the Spirit of God not have the things of God. That's why we have the fruit of the Spirit. The characteristics that come from God are now uh, evident in our life. And so when we have that, um, it shines through. And when we are giving, we're letting that uh, characteristic of God shine through because God is a giver. We're following our Father's example. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave. God gave. 1 Timothy 6 and 17, Paul told Timothy, Trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. God gives us all things richly to enjoy. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from the Father. He's giving us these things. That's what God does. When we read our statement of faith on Sundays, a lot of this of that statement of faith comes from Luke 6 and 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. I mean, if you just stop right there and if you believe what Jesus says, you realize right now that giving has blessing tied to it. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with, it shall be measured to you again. In other words, in the amount or the fashion that you give, it will be given back to you again. So uh, when we give, God's going to give. Now, you think that's only dollar amount. It's not just dollar amount. So, well, they gave $200, I gave two, so they're probably going to get a bigger blessing. Only if that's the last $200 they got. You know, if that was the last $2 you had and that was the last $200 they had and you b both gave it in an offering and you gave it because I want to be a blessing to the house of God or to the ministry or to the missionaries or whatever it was given for, God saw your heart how you gave and the one that gave two was just as blessed as the one that gave 200 because they gave it out of the goodness and the desire of their heart. And so it's not about the dollar amount. That's why Jesus, uh, he watched people casting in their money into the treasury and he saw a widow woman come up and she cast in two mites. If you've ever seen a widow's mite, I don't know if you've ever seen one, in circumference it's about the size of a dime, but it's thinner than a dime. It's Tiny. I mean, you could bend it. It's just, it's not very uh, much to it at all. And she came in and cast in two mites. And he told his disciples and those that were there, he said, she threw in more than anybody did today. And they're like, what? That guy just put a bag, a whole bag in the, in the box. And she threw in two mites. It didn't even make a sound when it landed. It just floated <laughs> into the box. I mean, it, it was just light. And uh, he said, no. He said, she gave more. Because that's all she had. She gave the last thing she had because she knew that this always brings a return. And she gave it out of her heart and out of the goodness of her heart. And she said, those people were casting it out of their abundance. It didn't hurt them at all. You ever, you ever sit there and watch one of these uh, celebrities or sports guys or somebody on TV that they make like crazy billions of dollars and they're complaining about not getting more money? And you're like, Really? You know, uh, I'm going to have to miss two games. You've got $62 billion in the bank, so what? Why are you even still playing? 
just retire. You can't spend that much money. What do you, you know? But they act like, you know, and to them, and you, and you see them, you know, they complain about a high price of something. Really, that's like that's pocket change to you. That's pocket money to you. It don't really cost you anything. You know, we're thinking, man, you, why don't they? You, you always see them trying to raise money for somebody that's in a bad situation. I'm like, man, write a check yourself. You out here on TV saying, hey, everybody send them some money. You would even admit, play one game and you'll have that back. Just, why don't you, you could set them up for life. And it's like, you know, but boy, when you got all that, that kind of money, you hold on to it. It's like they're afraid, afraid they're going to lose it or something. I don't know. But anyway, it's not about the amount. It's about the intent of the heart. That's why I said uh, when we hear the word and we receive the word, uh, you know, we realize that this is the word of God. This is what the Lord says. This, we can't just you know, pick all of our favorite scriptures and live by them. This is something that the Lord said, this will be a blessing in your life if you can hear it and receive it. And so with the same measure that we measure out, it's going to be measured back to us again. Uh, I don't want to just uh, you know, give you know, sparingly if I, if I can afford it. God's not asking you to give, go and empty your bank account and give it to the church. That's not what he's saying to do. Because he knows you got to eat. you got to have gasoline. you got to feed yourself or somebody else. And you, he knows that you have things. That's why he's just, but, but when you give, man, it's going to come back to you. I could stand here and tell you stories of people uh, that would testify and say, you know, uh, I mean, these are real true stories. People that had, I was sitting in a service and I had, you know, $100 in my pocket, and that's all I had to last me a week till I get paid again. And in that service, the Lord moved on me for that offering. Give that $100. Lord, that's all the money I got. I know it is, but trust me. And they said they went and they gave that $100. And then before they got out of the building, someone said, hey, I felt led to give you something and, and, and handed them a check for like $500. And, you know, and they're like, you know, God just gave it back. Or the next day they opened their mailbox and there was a refund from the insurance company you overpaid, here's $400. Where did that come from? And God had it in a savings account for you because he knew if you, if you had it right away, you'd have spent it on something stupid. So he said, I'm going to wait till you get down and you need it and I'm going to send it to you so then you'll have, you'll spend it on what you need. But, but God does that. I've got just, I mean, we, we don't have time to go over all the testimonies of people who have seen that when you give, it will be given back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You just can't outgive God. You can't do it. Uh, and so the Lord you know, will ask us, give, give, give to me. And he, when you give, give to the Lord. Um, it won't. His word, he said, my word will not return void, but it will accomplish what it is out, set out to do. So when this word goes forth, it will accomplish. It's, it's just as viable as lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's the same. Uh, in John 4 and 7, there's an interesting story. And uh, just on the principle of giving, Jesus comes to the well. And he's thirsty. And a woman walks up from Samaria. And he says, give me to drink. And she's shocked at that statement. You know, she's like, why are you even asking me to give? You don't have any dealings with me. And why would you ask me to drink? And then the Lord said, well, if you knew who it was that was talking to you. And if you knew what I could give you, 
You just knew, you know, who it was that was saying, give me the drink. Um, then you would ask me and I would give something to you. And so the Lord's like, you're not going to give me anything that you're not going to get something back. But she can't quite comprehend it. And she says, are you greater than Jacob that gave us this well and we've been drinking all this time? You know, I think about that because sometimes you don't realize the, how far your giving reaches. That Jacob gave that well and he'd been dead a long time. But generations of people were benefiting from this giving, from this well that had been giving. And of course, Jesus began to talk about the living water he would give. And we know that that promise is unto you and to your children and all who are far off. It's, it's the well that just keeps on giving as well. Uh, when we give, we're going to be blessed and others are going to be blessed. In 1 Kings 17, Elijah finds a widow woman. I think I mentioned this maybe last week, but he, there was a, a widow woman who she said, I'm down to my last little bit of meal and my last little bit of oil and I'm going to make a little cake. We're going to eat this. We're going to die. This is it. This is the end for us. This is, you know, we're going to keep it and we're going to die. In other words, there's nothing further for us if I use this for us. There's nothing for us to look forward to. But the man of God said, well, if you'll make for me first, go ahead and do what you said. Make that cake for me first. I can promise you that you and your son are going to eat and we're going to eat for a while because the word of the Lord said, if you do this, the barrel of meal, it won't fail and the cruise of oil won't run empty. It'll, it'll be fine. So she did what he said. She gave to him first. And it says that they ate for many, many days, him, her, and the child, until the Lord uh, ended the famine in that land. So he was showing her a principle like, if you just hold on to everything, it will eventually run out. But when you give to God, it'll be given back. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. So you see that giving, it is a faith step. It, it, it takes faith because it would be very easy to just look at the natural and be like, me and my child are so hungry, I'm not giving this food away to anybody. She had to believe by faith that something different would happen, that what he said would come to pass. She had to trust the word of the Lord. Was it just the word of the man? It was the word of the Lord that something would happen. And she did that, and they survived the famine. They were able to live. So giving is a faith step, but it produces something so much bigger in our life. It's not just a step. It, 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 it's the word of God uh, that don't return void. It's always uh, producing, giving something new in our life as we live, as we talked about in our field meeting the night. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord and these things are from the word of the Lord. Giving is one of his words. We read last week about Cornelius in Acts chapter 10 that uh, he was a man, a devout man. He wasn't a Jew. He was, uh, he was not um, a follower of Christ but he believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob even though he was a Gentile. And it said, first thing it lists about him, it wasn't about his prayer life, it wasn't about his fasting. The first thing it mentioned was he was a devout man that gave much alms to the people. He was a giver. 
And because, but we did, we go on to read, said during that ninth hour of the day, he was praying and fasting. So threefold cord. He was praying, fasting, giving. But, but when he was a giver, it brought the favor of God right into his living room. Here comes the angel of the Lord. Send for Peter. He's going to tell you what you need to do to be saved. And, and here comes Peter preaching Christ to them. So now they learn the way of salvation. They're filled with the Holy Ghost. They're baptized in Jesus' name. God does all these things. And all this came because this was a devout man who had three, at that point, he had three very good principles working in his life, giving, praying, and fasting. Man, you just can't beat it. It's, these are things that will help you and bless you in your walk with God. So giving reveals things about us. And that was the way it was with Cornelius. It reveals something about him, about his character, about who he was. And so um, giving will show what we value. Giving will show what we worship. Yeah, that's right. It, 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 it shows things about us, what we value, what we worship, where our treasure is. And so we want to make sure that we are... Uh, giving in the right way, giving in the right spirit, giving for the right reasons. Uh, in Exodus 25, verse 2, the Lord uh, instructed Moses here. He said, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Now, this is the Lord. Now, what does God need? Is he trying to fix his house up? Has he got to pay his light bill? I mean, why does the God of Israel, the creator of everything, he, you know, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. There's, there's nothing. He, he doesn't need anything. But he says, speak to the children of Israel, my people, that they bring me an offering. I want to see what they think about me. Bring it of every man that gives it willingly with his heart. He said, he didn't say, Moses, go shake them down. I don't want you going knocking on the door saying, hey, this, this amount, this amount. He said, but I want you to take that offering, bring, bring me an offering of every man that will give it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. It was not forced. It may have been a sacrifice for some of them, but it still wasn't forced. And so uh, he's trying to see, you know, I have brought them out of Egypt. I have saved them from bondage and slavery. And, and now, because there are things that will need to be done and things that need to happen, Moses take an offering, but only from those that are willing to give it. Because I want to see what they think about what I've done and see what they actually think about me. First Chronicles 29 and 9 when David was not long from passing, he could not build the house of the Lord, but he was preparing for the house of the Lord to be built. So he was gathering things he had given uh, to the, the building project for the house of the Lord, for the temple. And he knew that Solomon, his son, would be the one to actually complete the building, but he was still gathering the material. And so he asked the people to give, and they did. And it says, Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with a perfect heart they offered to the Lord, and David the king also rejoiced with great joy. 
it gave them great joy to see the work of the Lord prosper, to see that this thing, they, there was an expectation of what this house would be and what would happen once it was built. And they gave, it said, with a perfect heart, they just offered it to the Lord. And that's, that's a part of giving and offerings and things like that. You should never think that, and let me say it like this, the man, if you're ever in a service or you're ever anywhere where they're taking an offering, the man should never sound like he is shaking people down. He should never try to scare people into giving. I'm going to tell you a true story. When I had been in church for just a couple of months and we went to a, a camp meeting service, um, it wasn't our organizational camp, it was an independent church's camp meeting. And we were sitting there on the front row and that night they got ready to take the offering. I think I had $2 in my pocket that didn't even belong to me. And this man got up to, to pray over the offering and he said, Lord, bless them that have, you know, he went through and he blessed them that have to give. And he said, and them that don't give, he said, Lord, curse them. <laughs> I was like, what? Wait a second. So what about all these folks in here that's broke? Well, all these people that don't have nothing to give. I mean, and I was like, you know, curse them. I said, I don't, I ain't been in church very long, but I don't think that's right. Uh, I, went, I went home and asked my pastor about it. And I said, I need some help understanding this cat. Because I, 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 I said, man, I had, you know, I had $2 in my pocket. It didn't belong to me. I said, I'm going to have to give somebody else's money away so I don't get cursed. I was like, you know, <clears throat> is that right? And, of course, he showed me some things in the Scripture. But, but that's the thing is when you give and someone, you know, when we do anything, just like we did the, you know, when we gave the Move the Mission offering and, um, just on that one day, they'd had a fundraiser for it and that contributed to it. But on the day we took the offering, we took up over $7,000. That wasn't the tithes and offering that stood. That was the offering specific, specifically for Move the Mission. That's, that, but when you realize what it's going for, then you, you give by faith. You can't be like, giving no, nothing because I ain't going to give something so they can spend it on what I got. What, you're giving it unto the Lord. Whoever receives it, now they got to be good stewards of what was just given to God. And so, so don't ever think, well, now, you, know, you, you see a guy with an $8,000 suit on and, and all that up there saying, hey, I need a little more change. You know he's funding his vacation. But, you know, when we're giving for missions and giving for things like that, man, you're going to be blessed when you give and don't think, well, I can't give as much as anybody else. So what? You know, when he said don't let your left hand know what the right hand's doing, you know, I think of it like this. Yeah, we're in the body. And there's a left hand and right hand. There's, there's, we're all part of the body. So you don't have to let nobody else know what you, you know, that's what he's trying to avoid. He said, you don't be like, oh, I'll just fill my envelope out, say how much that is. No, no. you, you know, uh, the, we keep record so that you can, you know, write it off if you need to or something like that at the end of the year. But, but it's not so we can see, oh, well, we're going to give out a special prize at the end of the year because they gave the most. It's, it's not anything, it's not a competition. We're all putting this in to see the work of the Lord done. 
And, you know, this church is always giving. We take one offering a week on Sunday. We don't take a Wednesday night offering. We rarely take an offering if we have revival or even, uh, even years past, even in regeneration. We haven't even taken offerings. We just, because the people have given and we've got money to fund these things and people are blessed by it and they're filled with the Holy Ghost and, and ministers are, are able to feed their families and different things like that. And we just, and, and God always brings it right back to us. Right back to us, man. I mean, you know, we, we had to write a check out to pay for um, a little over $11,000 that we paid, that we owed left when they stained the front of the building. When I, I wrote that check, paid them, the following Sunday, we had over $12,000 in the offering. Covered it, and then some. See, God will do that. And, and so, and he doesn't just do it for the church as a whole, but he does it for us as individuals. That's why uh, Jesus was talking to individuals that day saying, be a giver and give with a perfect heart. Offer it to the Lord. If somebody mishandles it, God will take care of that, but you've done right. And if they were to take it and light it on fire, you'd be like, God would steal because you gave it. So it's still coming back to you. You know, so you just remember that. Oh, he, he just threw that money in the trash. You know, what am I going to get now? Well, you, you gave it with a perfect heart. You gave it unto the Lord. And so the Lord will take care of you. And then he'll take care of them too uh, to be better stewards of his money. In 2 Corinthians, uh, again, something to the church. Paul wrote this in Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. He said, but this I say, that he which soweth sparingly, sounds a lot like what Jesus was saying, however you measure it out. Um, he said, he which sows, that's slinging seed, sows sparingly, shall reap also sparingly. Well, that's just common sense. If you plant one seed, you get one bush or one stalk or one whatever it is you just plant. But if you throw out a thousand seeds, you're going to get more. That's just common sense. So he said this principle of reaping and sowing applies to how you give. So if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you also reap bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, or of necessity, Somebody, if anybody says, man, why are you giving that offering? Because they say so. Oh, I, don't want, I don't want to be cursed. I don't want that. You should never be grudgingly. He said, God loves a cheerful giver. God wants to see that, hey, I'm part of the body and I'm giving to the kingdom. This is what I'm giving for. I'm, I'm giving so the work of God can go forth, that things can be you know, blessed. Because believe it or not, there's no free passes for churches on utilities and uh, repairs and upgrades and remodels. It costs money, every bit of it, every time something's done. And, and there's no sp special money bush that God gives to the church that we get to go shake it and gather it up and say, wow, we'll pay the bills. You know, uh, our giving pays the bills. You know, our giving pays for 
AC to stay on or heat to stay on or lights to stay on or new microphones or new instruments or new carpet or comfortable chairs. I mean, it, it takes money. And we have never taken a loan for anything except for this building. And we're not too far away. I believe within the next three years, we're going to have this building paid off. That's going to be great. But we have not one time been late on a, any payment, whether it was our rent back then or our mortgage now. We've never been rent low or late on light bills, any of that stuff. God's always provided and made sure we had what we needed. We've never had to say, oh, hey, can you everybody give a little extra this week? We've got to pay the light bill. Always got it, God. And, that, and then we're still helping people, buying book bags and, and things and food and whatever. We, we've done just a lot of outreach, things like that, and still able to do it because God just keeps on blessing us. And I know I've, I've got a couple of minutes here. In Acts 20 and 35, he said, I have shown you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and then remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Now, Jesus said this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, when we receive something, that's, that's it. You got what, he gave, what was given. You received it. But when you give, you're getting it back, pressed down, shake. So it's better to give than to receive. And, and when you give, you are more like him because he always gave. Always gave. Gave uh, of himself. And, uh, you know, the Bible says God is love. And love always gives outside of itself. Always. Always. Stand with me this morning. So as a people, the people of God, we should have giving in our church culture. We should be givers. In Matthew 19 and 21, when the young ruler wanted to know, what must I have for eternal life? And uh, he said, well, if you'll be complete, if you want to be perfect is the word he used. The word meant complete, not without flaw, but uh, complete. If you want to make sure you, your walk is, everything's being done. He said, then sell what you've got and then give to the poor and then you'll have treasure in heaven so sometimes that was the, the one thing that he was lacking was distributing his goods to the poor and then following the Lord in the book of Acts the first church it said that they that no man counted the things they had as their own and they just began to bring their possessions and things and just lay it down at the apostles feet they were selling land and giving it, giving the proceeds because they were trying to further the mission of the church. They were not trying to make the apostles wealthy. They were trying to further the missionary work of the church so that nobody would be lacking, but that everybody would have what they needed. It was just church culture. That's the way it was. And so the very last reference to giving in Scripture is in the very last book in Scripture, Revelation 22 and 12. And Jesus said, And behold, I come quickly. And my reward, Jesus told us that there would be a reward for giving. 
He said, my reward is with me to give every man. Even at the end, he's, he's still giving. To give every man as his work shall be. So I always ask a question to myself, and one we can ask ourselves, how well do I give? Because we, we could probably say, man, I, I got a good prayer life. I got a good attendance record. I got a good, how well do we give? Did I give only to be rewarded? Or did I give because I worship the rewarder? And it's still true today, you can't outgive the Lord. God's always going to give it back. So, so that's one of the, the wins. And, and I know everybody's like, I'm glad to get this one out of the way. But it's the truth. If you give with a cheerful heart, with a perfect heart unto the Lord, God always brings it back and blesses uh, and takes care of his people. That's why the psalmist said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. God's always blessing his people, taking care of his people. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word, for the instruction that it gives us, Lord, to live and walk this walk of faith. Today, I pray that the word will found good ground in our heart and bring forth 30, 60, even 100 fold. Lord, help us to receive it. Let it be part of our walk with you. And God, let us give cheerfully unto the kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. What a great God. What a great God. What a great God. Praise the Lord. All right, let's find a place to pray before the next service. Looking forward to God doing some great things.